there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, else everyone's in heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The committee screwed Florida State. How dare they put Michigan in over them? Who had more quality wins? Nobody knows if Ohio State was good, so... Anyway, it is I, Rob Hall, a.k.a. the newest lacrosse player in the transfer portal. And with me, as always, is AJ. Don't give anybody the Heisman, Marchese. I totally agree. Bad year. Give it to a lineman. This is the only players that matter. Today, we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who burned, squirmed, and churned during week 14 of college football. That's... Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's gonna wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's gonna put ketchup on a stick? Who's gonna, gonna find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Buckingham Ulysses Bucky Badger, the official mascot of the University of Wisconsin at Madison. The mascot attends major sporting events for the Wisconsin Badgers. The most familiar portrayal of Bucky Badger wearing a W varsity sweater and strutting forward with a fierce expression was drawn by California-based commercial artist Art Evans. Imagine being an artist and your name's Art. Kismet, yep. Be like, if mm-hmm. if my top prospect this week was named uh, Football Jones. So we got some <laughs> hirings and firings. Okay, yeah. No, not firings, just vacancies. A lot of names are being read today, AJ. Oh, That's what the Tuesday show is usually about. Sick. All right. You give me a yay or nay. Hirings. Boise State hires interim head coach Spencer Danielson. He can't lose, so yay. Houston hires head coach, Tulane head coach Willie Fritz. Yay. Indiana hires James Madison head coach Kirk Signetti. Yeah, sure. I surprised me a little, but I like it. Especially if Jordan McLeod transfers there. Mm-hmm. In, uh, Nevada hires Texas co-DC Jeff Choti. Why not? UTEP hires Austin P. head coach Scotty Wall. Love it. Yeah, this is higher this season. I remember when he bailed on Southern Miss as their intern like four years ago. <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, Louisiana Monroe hires New Mexico OC Bryant Vincent. Yeah, king. Middle Tennessee State hires former Vanderbilt head coach Derek Mason. Slam dunk home run. No bad hires this cycle, Rob. 
as a stock still faithful, was Derek Mason the only hire that you wouldn't mm-hmm. have been upset about? Yeah, pretty much. I, I definitely. I'm, I won't be transferring. I'll say that. You know, Mason's. We've talked, and he's keeping me in town. Um, <clears throat> but I'll be at the Stocksville household every Sunday for uh, for the brisket that they make. Vacancies. Tulane. Nay. You won't take the job. No, I wouldn't. Uh, Florida State OC Alex Atkins seems like maybe the best hire. Mm-hmm. Keep it in the family and hire Slade Nagel, their OC. Mm-hmm. Uh, another name out there is Missouri defensive coordinator Blake Baker. Interesting names. James Madison has a, a little all over the place. Uh, Holy Cross head coach Bob Chesney, Penn State DC Manny Diaz, who might be getting the Duke job, and NC State DC Tony Gibson. Who would you who would you roll with here? Very important hire, yeah. Very important hire for the Dukes. Um, there's also rumors Bronco Mendenhall is going to be hired by New Mexico. Stay tuned. Lock it in, baby. <laughs> Jerry Kell and Bron- uh, Bronco Mendenhall in the same state is perfect. I love it. Senior Bowl acceptances sticking offense first. Florida State receiver Johnny Wilson, TCU tight end Jared Wiley, Texas A and M interior offensive lineman Layden Robinson, Illinois offensive lineman Isaiah Adams, and Utah offensive lineman Sateo Lamea. Well, personally, most most excited for my guy Isaiah Adams. Pumped that he got there. Love that. Uh, it's going to be a riser, baby. Uh, Layden Robinson seems interesting. You know, it's kind of um, his stock's kind of. Fallen through the through the last you know season or so, uh, big chance for him to reignite. But I and not to steal all the names here, but Jerry Wiley also super pumped. Um, another guy you know who just TCU's had a had a down year. Uh, when I've had my eye on him though, he's looked good. A couple weeks ago, I think we talked about him. Um, tight end class is open, uh, f- like you know in the in the kind of mid rounds, and he's got a good chance to kind of cement himself. Um, going to defense. Missouri linebacker Tyron Hopper, Notre Dame linebacker Marist LaFau, Ohio State linebacker Tommy Eichenberg, Rutgers corner Max Melton, Notre Dame corner Cam Hart, Wake Forest DBs Kalen Carson and Malik Mustafa, and Ohio State safety Josh Proctor. I, I hit offense. You go ahead. Who are you most excited I for? I'm most excited for the Wake Forest duo. Mm-hmm. You Kaelin love your Carson. Wake. Yeah. And I'm hoping to get uh, a couple more too. Even. Um, just all the demon deacons. I respect that. Yeah. Um, but uh, Kalen Carson's a corner who I thought had potentially like second second round top sixty ability, and it's just kind of been injuries with him. Mm-hmm. He um, he's just a like a, a classic press man corner, fantastic footwork. And Malik Mustafa is like just a bullet. Uh, I'm interested to see and kind of gauge where his stock is because. It's the type of safety you and me love, but like maybe isn't the best player in space. Mm-hmm. Um, but wicked take on skill, so we'll get to see him potentially boost his stock in one on one. So that'll be fun. Okay, that's those names. Well, we more. let's hear it. East West Shrine Bowl. <laughs> Uh, Western Kentucky uh, quarterback Austin Reed, Mississippi State receiver Leadric Griffin, Illinois tight end Tip Ryman, Illinois tackle Julian Pearl, Howard tackle Anim Dankwa, Eastern Kentucky offensive lineman Josiah Zerum, Holy Cross offensive lineman CJ Hansen, NC State interior offensive lineman Dylan McMahon, and Michigan State center Nick Samat. 
they had to separate Adams and Pearl. They would have been too mighty together. Um, so I think they both, can, you know, I'm a big fan of both of their games, honestly. And I think Pearl can have a great week there. Um, Dylan McMahon, I, I didn't watch him too much this year. You know, had some love uh, in the years prior. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do there, too. I, uh, I'm only talking off the line. That's all I respect. Oh, he did Chandler Savala's East Rush Rumble this year. <laughs> Retweet, yeah. Um, I'm excited about Austin Reed. I think he has a similar trajectory of Aiden O'Connell, who was at the Shrine last year. Yeah. It's it's really going to be fun to see where the senior quarterbacks end up at the Shrine and Senior Bowl. Uh, unfortunately, they won't be game. there because of the juniors. So. <laughs> yeah, Drake, Drake man killed Williams are taking up their spots. <laughs> uh, defense. FAU knows tackle Evan Anderson, uh, Baylor defensive lineman Gabe Hall, Washington State edge rusher Brennan Jackson, Georgia State Linebacker John Trey Hunter, UTEP linebacker Tyrese Knight, Notre Dame linebacker JT Bertrand, Ole Miss corner Dean Trey Price, Prince, uh, Arkansas DB Dwight McLaughlin. Good group there, too. Uh, I think in this murky, I think I'm going to talk about in this murky linebacker class, JD Bertrand's pl- had a really, really, really solid season for that, uh, you know, really good. Irish defense. going to be cool to see what he can do there. Uh, can elevate himself. That's a good one. Evan Anderson's one of my fave guys going to the Shrine so far. Just a, a big old hoss. <laughs> yeah, baby. And nose tackle. Uh, has some good quicks to him, too. Um, also, both games out of punter. Iowa punter Tory Taylor's going to the Senior Bowl. BYU punter Ryan Reckow is going to the Shrine. I think that's still the sign that the Senior Bowl's king, you know. That, that's when he put the stamp. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. More on Tory Taylor in a bit. Uh, a few declarations. They're trickling in. Um, Feels slower than usual, Rob. Sorry to jump on you there. It does. And I'm wondering, you mentioned this pre-show. I wonder if it's a bit of a transfer portal in effect. Mm, interesting. You guys want to gauge how much they're worth in the transfer portal potentially before declaring? Who knows? It's not a bad idea. We just saw F- Florida edge rusher Patrick Payton hop into the portal and that one shocked us both. That's mm-hmm. To me, that's one of the most shocking so far, especially how well he played for the Seminoles this year. Definitely. Uh, four declarations, though. Southern Miss running back Frank Gore Jr., USC running back Marshawn Lloyd, Utah receiver Devon Vele, uh, and Penn State editor Chop Robbins. Chop's the headline here, but I'm I'm been such a Marshawn Lloyd fan. Uh, excited to see him declare. You know, it's had a really good uh, move going to USC from USC, and you know, it kind of cooled off down the stretch. But at glimpses, I really liked what I see. I saw some people have him kind of as top five back. I'm not sure if I'm the, the class is wide open. It could be anything. Um, you know, I'm a big Lloyd fan though, and uh, you know, physical but with some juice. I like him. I think he could rise through the process for sure. Um. Yeah, I mean, especially in this running back class, and I, I think similar things could be said about Frank Gore Jr., who, yeah. who gets the bump for the bloodline, but legit prospect as well. Definitely. Let's talk about some uh, future legit prospects as we dive into our college football week 14 championship weekend superlatives, starting with the best freshman, where I'm going to kick us off with a pair of Alabama superstars. Caleb Downs just every week. Yeah. Uh, if we were to say who the like our consensus best freshman was this year, I think we might say Caleb Downs. I think so too. Yeah, like I think, you know, like that's maybe like the only freshman that could be like on an All American team. You know what I mean? That type of he's yeah. been that type of dude. And it's it's funny. It's just like when a freshman is starting at Alabama and making an impact, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, you know, it's special. Um, 
Yeah, and Downs, like... I know Brock Bowers was playing banged up, but, like, Downs was, like, blanketing him at times throughout this game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The other Bama boy? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, the guy you you mentioned who's just kind of sluggish start to the year, five-star recruit, Caden Proctor. Yeah. And just getting better and getting better. And by the end of the season, man, like, he's just a, a mammoth yeah. in the wrong game. He is so powerful. I and, I don't know if I've seen like a guy like that I've really focused on week to week improve like as a freshman as much as Proctor where, you know, in the first few weeks of the season he was a liability out there and like I thought to the point where like well maybe Bama finally missed on one, and uh, no no <laughs> he looks like he's gonna be a you know future I mean, first round pick. It, it, it just goes to show don't uh, don't give up on like if if Nick Saban's starting a freshman at left tackle yeah. there's a reason for it yeah don't give up on them when they're struggling to start the year. Definitely. He is so... He's six seven three sixty, And, like, him and J.C. Latham might be the, the most ridiculously large tackle pairing <laughs> I've seen. For real, yeah. And Proctor is just... He's, he's gotten so much and, better, and man. This is against the Georgia yeah. front seven, too. And he, and he held his own. I, I thought the Alabama offensive line was phenomenal. They were. And, and yeah. They were on Latham later. Yeah, and that, that, as a unit... I mean, I guess more on that later. But they've they've had their struggles this year, and they're really turned a corner. Uh, I the I the Bama duo as well. But let's go to another uh, playoff team, the only team that beat them. I, I keep getting impressed by a Texas linebacker, Anthony Hill, who had to, didn't have to do too much. They kicked uh, the 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 Pokes' ass, but uh, really impressive game. He's kind of all over the field. Had a sack. Had a really nice forced fumble as well. Um, just fast dude. I, he looks like he could be you know. It'll be that next Texas linebacker that will be talked about um, going into their se- junior season as a top-end dude. And you know, another position Texas tends to have is running back. And, mm-hmm. and while I don't think C.J. Baxter had, like, a dominant performance by any stretch, I yeah. thought he looked quite good against a, a, a feisty Oklahoma State defense. And <clears throat> he, he, I think... Seeing how this running back group shakes out without Jonathan Brooks in the playoffs can be really interesting. Yeah, Baxter looks like a future dude, six one, two twenty. Agreed. Has some burst to him. Agreed. I think like you know, stat box didn't look that great, but watching the game, he just kept breaking tackles and looking really good. Yeah. Touchdown too, like he looks good. Um, uh, I also I, I just want to give a shout out to SMU quarterback <laughs> Kevin Jennings. That was my last one have, too. Yeah. Yeah, like he didn't have some like fantastic game or anything, but. I think everybody counted SMU out against mm-hmm. Tulane. Coach Willie had his eye on the Houston mm-hmm. job. Um, because Preston Stone's been so important and been so good for them. Prospect to watch next year. And, and Jennings came in, and yeah, he turned the ball over. But like his athleticism and will, like willingness to hawk, yeah. I think, <laughs> kind of was the difference for them. Yeah, absolutely. And just coming into that spot and, you know, in New Orleans and in the conference championship and winning the game, you gotta give him gotta give him some love for sure. Um going to best sophomore, I'm gonna go with another quarterback. A guy who I've watched a bunch this year. I've watched a lot of Liberty. I feel like they've played on uh, on weekdays a lot. Caden Salter had such a phenomenal year for them. He did. Uh in in Jamie Chabell's first year there. Tennessee transfer. I have to remember that he's yeah. not like he he was a legit recruit. He ends up at Liberty and wasn't supposed to be um, like the definite starter this year either. And against New Mexico State in the, in the Cusa Championship game, 
300 through the air, 165 on the ground, finishes the year with 43 touchdowns. Yeah. This guy's better than Grayson McCall, who uh, is in the portal. Who's in the portal now without Jamie Chadwell. But um, yeah, Caden Salter is just one of the most electric quarterbacks that, um, in the country this year, honestly. And, and I, I mean, I haven't sat down and watched all 22 or anything, but I, I do wonder, like, what's it going to look like next year? Like, when we actually do is he going to be a legit prospect because man he's got some rare athleticism at quarterback yeah i I put him for one of my uh transfers being a redshirt sophomore and like you said coming from tennessee you put the numbers beside it you know they 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 go toe-to-toe with what malik willis was doing there too and obviously he was (laughs) drafted very high and no for real i think salter's kind of been um underappreciated this year and uh, again yeah he's only a redshirt sophomore but no I, I agree with you he's got he's got talent for, for real um it's a good one i i also put uh i like sticking with sticking with smaller schools also another i think he's a fourth year sophomore if i'm correct but miami back uh rashad amos the south carolina transfer was kind of just running yeah. through dudes in the mac championship game another guy that you know Toughed it up, put his team on his back for the win. Big back at 6'2", 234. Uh, it was just a ton of fun. 74 yards, two touchdowns. Just Toledo couldn't wrangle him, and it was a big-time game. I did not realize he's still technically a sophomore. Yeah, I, I know. I had him for a small school guy who caught my eye a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> There's a lot of small school guys, so I had to sneak him there. I guess I went um, with Liberty guys. But, yeah, go on. I'm going with Alabama receiver Isaiah yes. Bond. Who, it's a few weeks in a row now. Yeah, who's been stacking games. Um, and Alabama's at their best when they have, like, star receivers. Not to say he's a star yet, but he is. He's trending that him, way. He, yeah, like, he's had some big games in the clutch. Obviously, uh, against Auburn, now yeah. Georgia. Um, there, are, there are some weeks where he, like, looks like he could be the next guy. Um, and I think that's like next year. Uh, I mean, Alabama's in the playoff this year, but next <laughs> year, him and Milrow, I think, are going to be really interesting potential draft prospects. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you could talk Milrow as well. I mean, he's just he's just a ton of fun. I think he's the most likable Bama quarterback. I'm going to say that. I <laughs> every other one's like, I wasn't I wasn't a Hurts fan at at Bama. You don't count him. I don't. That's an Oklahoma quarterback, but the, he was Hertz was there when they were still so fucking good, and it was like most likable Oklahoma quarterback. Hertz, yeah, for sure, absolutely. <laughs> but when Hertz was in Bama, they were still so good, and they're just like running him, and it's like annoying. I I know Milrow runs a bunch too, but he's more fun. Um, Text downfield more often. Anyways, um, I'll give you two more backs. I thought I thought Oregon running back Jordan James kind of kept flashing yeah. something. It uh, wasn't like a massive game either, 35 yards, but only on five carries, had a touchdown, and had that nice uh, catch, too, for 30 yards. It just kind of looked really interesting. and He was kind of their most uh, effective guy in the backfield, and uh, more on that in a bit. But I'll throw you one more, and he's already going back to Boise, but Ash and Jane T, just week after week, is just so good. And I just kind of want to highlight him. We'll be talking about him next year. Um, like I said, I already announced he's going back to Boise, and that's, that's refreshing in this day and age, Rob. I'll give you one more. Uh, Georgia uh, pass rusher Jalen Walker. Um, he's kind of the only guy who added any pass rush against Alabama. Mm-hmm. Picked up two sacks. He had another big game. Um, what was it against Missouri? And this Georgia front seven just wasn't the same as it's been the last couple of years. But nope. the point being, they have 
guys where I think who will elevate next year. But it's just so weird to like come out of this game and be like, Georgia just didn't really mm-hmm. get after Milrow all that much. Yeah, like I uh, totally. And I just thought like it was weird to come out of the SEC championship game, and it's like I didn't have that many prospects to talk about. No, no, I, I agree there's a couple. So both both programs have a lot. Well, Georgia's obviously best offensive players were all banged up, but yeah, that's, there's a lot of underclassmen playing serious snaps for them both. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like, obviously, back-to-back years, Georgia just pumping guys into the league. It's going to happen. Uh, neither should be in the playoffs, is what you just said, and I agree yep. with you. Put Ohio State in. Amen. Kyle McCord wouldn't have transferred if we got in. <laughs> he met with Nebraska. Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, weekday Warrior. I, I, think got, there's, I, I think there's only one guy. I think there's only one okay. guy around. I also think there's only one guy, and it's such a specific category. Yeah. Dylan Johnson? Absolutely, it's Dylan Johnson. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would put him here for just what he was doing in pass protection. Amen. Yes. Yeah, but he also added a buck 52 on the ground, two scores, and threw a touchdown. Yes. Was a stud. Just runs so damn hard. Like you said, just so physical, and that translates to his pass pro. Oh, yeah. That was, that's, a, that's a warrior. That's a warrior performance. I, I also think, like, obviously Penix and the receivers get all the buzz, but I think he's, like, like outside of the offensive line. Um, yeah. He was, like, one of their most important players in the I big agree. Against USC, against Utah, against, like, even Oregon State. Both like, Oregon games, too. When when Penix struggled, they just would go to the ground, and he, he's a bit of a hammer. He's not, like, the not like a 230-pound back, but he's well-built back. Like, what, six, six foot 220-ish or something? Yeah. He's just he's well-built. Super, he's so physical. Um, but, like, he went from kind of a player nobody was talking about those yeah. first, like, seven games to, like, I think being one of the most important players on that roster. I agree. And, like, a big reason they're in the playoff. Yeah, I don't know um, if they're in the playoffs without him. They, they probably drop one of those games, and then they could and, put Georgia in over them. And he's interesting because he came from Mississippi State. Yeah. He was in the air raid catching a lot of passes. Runs for a thousand yards this year, and you see what he can do in pass pro, and it's just the combination of physical back who's very good in pass protection and can catch the football. That's a, that's a guy who sticks in the NFL. Remind you of anyone from last year's class, Rob? Just talking about him like that, Roshan Johnson, maybe a little bit. Oh, that's uh, interesting. I think I think some teams are going to really fall for him. Now I'm not I'm not talking top 100. I don't think, but like yeah, I think I think that's a fourth round type of back. Uh, I think someone's going to really, really Useful like him. Useful football player in a, in a running back class that's, like, not very clear. And more, Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, pass pro, catches the ball, check, check. That's enough. But in an NFL where, uh, you know, linebackers are getting smaller and smaller, it's nice to have the thumpy back, right? It's paying off for the Huskies right now. Amen. Um, yeah, clear weekday warrior. Uh, I, didn't, I don't necessarily know... There was a clear best offensive prospect. I, I totally agree with you, and that surprises me. It's like it's like I felt like I had someone, but because usually I think in the championship weekend, you you know, there's a clear dude, and I came away with uh, I, honestly, I split both of my positions between teammates. That's what I ended up doing. Okay. Offense, I thought the guy that like was now they didn't they they blew him out, but I just was so impressed with Jatavian Sanders for the long course. Mm. And I'm going to parlay that with uh, Adonai Mitchell. I just thought yeah. both of them were studs. Um, Sanders, eight catches, 105 yards, two touchdowns. One of those, like, big-time games. And, like, I know it wasn't – no, they didn't have to lean on him. But, like, he kept just making play after play. They kept throwing those little tight end screens. 
Um, <laughs> got to the point where my, my partner thought it, he was their best running back <laughs> in the game, too. Like, he just was making lots of plays. Like, every time they got the ball, he was making a bunch of plays uh, yards after the catch. Super dangerous. Obviously got wide open on that first touchdown, the flea flicker. Um, but, like, he kind of, like, when they needed plays, they, they gave him the ball, and um, he, he paid off. And um, maybe that's the type of performance that locks him in as, as tight end, too. Not that he wasn't, you know, obviously in that conversation, but, like, maybe that's a lock-in game. Yeah, I think I think seeing that type of athleticism yeah. and um, just like what what he can do after the catch, what he the the consistency, he kept, like this is kind of a bad comp just because I think he drops a lot of passes, but like Dave, if David and Joku could catch, <laughs> yeah, that was the vibe I was getting. Just like and if the Browns the can get him involved f- consistently, yeah. <laughs> If they're the way they're force feeding, and the Browns have force feeded David Njoku a couple times this year, and they have, yeah. Like he just drops it five times, but the way they're <laughs> force feeding him, and he was kind of like this perfect compliment to Adana Mitchell as the big play guy. Mm-hmm. And he was on fire, and Sark was just scheming him open, like on that leak play. Yeah, um, yeah, he looked like a top like sixty type player. Yeah, he definitely did, and I'll, I'll parlay that with Mitchell, who also looked like a top sixty type player. Who, yeah, I'm, yeah, week in, week out, just, just, it keeps impressing, man. It just, at that size, and like, just the ability to create separation, like, in multiple different ways, both in his routes and just at, you know, at the catch point, it's just so, it does it so subtly sometimes, but like, the, you know, the, the touchdown was just like an out, but like, he was hip to hip with the corner. The corner was in a good spot into the break, and then it's like he had six yards of separation, and Ewers had all the grass to throw to, you know what I mean? It was just so impressive. Had that nasty out and up for the big big gain, and it's just like consistently he looks so good. And I, I don't know, man. I think he's the best player in that offense. He's just been so fucking good this year. I know, like, where the obviously don't know. I haven't seen anything health updates for him, but had a good game as well. Um, and obviously was on crutches later in the game, which sucks. But um, I think Mitchell's the dude. I think Mitchell's the dude on that offense. Hey, I tried to tell you when we did a mock, he should be the first one, not worthy. But you know what, though? But I, um, I that wasn't me. I like Mitchell more. I've, I've liked Mitchell more. But I still see Worthy as that guy that's, like, in that conversation more than Mitchell, which I I don't know. That that wide receiver five and six and whatever, whoever else goes in the first round is wide open. Okay. It's a ton of fun. I I think Mitchell uh, or Brian Thomas probably. I think so, too. The fifth receiver taken. Just because of the size, athleticism yeah. combo. Um, I agree. Like, A.D. Mitchell has some of the highest upside in this class, man. Agreed. Like, you don't find guys that big and that fluid. Like, it's, he's very George Pickensy, but, like, yeah. a better route runner. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. Um, speaking of Georgia... I'm going to go to my best offensive prospect, and uh, it's because he played so well against Georgia. I'm going with J.C. Latham, who just, like, quietly each week is very good, and we don't talk about him very much. Pretty much, yeah. And he was just money against Georgia. They could not rush the passer like we talked about earlier. And, like, although Alabama didn't run the ball that well, mm-hmm. he was him and Proctor were just monsters. And the way Latham climbs to the second level is just ridiculous. And there was this one play where uh, he was chipping, giving the guard chip help and climbing, and he just killed the the <laughs> defensive lineman lined up over the guard. 
like put them put him and his teammate into the ground and went like as if nothing happened up and sealed off the linebacker and it was just like man he's gonna be so good he he might not be in the third tackle taken he might not even end up in the top 10 picks mm-hmm. but man i love jc latham yeah, he's been really good and you're right it's just he's been so quietly good that we haven't talked about him much this year um, defensive, I had to split it as well, and I got I got I had to go with the Knowles. I had to go with what that Knowles duo of uh, Braden Fisk uh, and Jared Verse were doing, man. I want to throw Patrick Payton into that. And Payton, well, he's in the transfer Ooh, portal. Hit the so, portal now, yeah, but out of my list now. Just like Verse is so physical and powerful, but Payton's so long and yeah, man. <laughs> and then like Fisk has just been great all year, and we haven't yeah. really talked about him. He gets the Senior Bowl invite and then goes and has the best game of his career. I love that he's at the Senior Bowl. That's awesome. And he, I felt like he was the top dog in this game too. It was like, you know, um, <clears throat> Louisville had a couple chances at the end to you know, tie the game up, and both times Fisk came up with big sacks. And, well, and it was from the hop, too, right? Yeah, the, the TFL. The opening play. Yeah, it was awesome. And it just set the tone. It was wire to wire for Fisk. Like, it was awesome. Um, yeah, he's been a ton of fun this year. And, yeah, I, I, with Verse, he's just turned it off the last two weeks, I feel like. It just feels yeah. like he's, like, you know what I think? It's like he's like, okay, I have this power. <laughs> it can just dominate. And he just has thrown that out there. and Realize like he, that? Yeah. And, or, like, just turned it up and realize he's got to get his team in the playoffs, and they should be. It's, I mean, it's two weeks in a row he's speed-depowered the tackle into the quarterback. Yeah, the, the tackle both feet off the ground <laughs> into the quarterback. It, it was and, nuts. And then with Fisk, it's like, F- Fisk, is, first of all, he carries his weight really well. Yeah. For an interior defensive lineman. But, man, he's got some quickness, both in his hands and his first step. The hands kind of reminded me of when Carl Brooks was at the Senior Bowl, fellow Maction player, too, mm-hmm. uh, was at the Senior Bowl. Remember how quick his hands were in one-on-ones? That's, yeah. That was like... The vibe I got with Fisk, especially in that opening TFL against Louisville. Yeah, they were dogs. They were great. They should be in the playoffs. Yeah. And and again, weak IDL class like Fisk yeah. could, um, but these types, this type of performance, and then the Senior Bowl, and I think he's going to test pretty well. And yeah, freaking extremely productive for four or five years. I think he'd be um, like one of those guys I'd be betting on to rise for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, I, I thought Fisk and, and Verse were the combo, the perfect defensive prospect of the week. If I were to go outside of Florida State, though, and as we uh, – actually, first of all, I just want to say, best special teams prospect of the week, Tory Taylor. Amen. 50, 50.4 <laughs> average against Michigan, gets senior bowl invite. Missed the tackle, hammer. though, so I don't know. Missed that tackle. That That's way. true, but on that play, uh, the – are you talking about the big punt return? Yeah, Morgan's in. Yeah, yeah. The, the him missing that tackle highlighted that one kid trying really yeah. hard. It's fast, and and everyone tweeted <laughs> and said that kid could play for me. So I hate I hate that when that happens on draft Twitter. That doesn't Twitter. happen if Tory T- Taylor. <laughs> Amen. I liked it because that kid missed the tackle at first. No offense <laughs> to him. No, he made a, he made a heck of a play. He chased it down. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. But every old white coach is like this kid. I know. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like when like the first time like a guy stood behind and watched the celebration was like, you know, remember when that happened and it's like it went viral just yeah. on Twitter, Twitter. Anyways, this is not what we're talking about. I know who you're about to talk about, so hit it. Yeah, so outside of the Florida State defensive line duo, I thought the best prospect, um, Regardless of positions, who was Tyrion Arnold? I thought Agreed. He was freaking awesome against Georgia. Yeah. He got called out on bogus DPI. Yeah, that, that was awful. But like the, the one uh, was it? Was he covering Lab McConkey where he just ran the route for him over the middle? Of yeah. PBU? Yeah. Like 
I think Tyrion Arnold. We've talked about like Nate Wiggins has the probably ends up being corner one just because of the athleticism. Tyrion Arnold might end up being my favorite corner. Uh, he might end up being corner two. He might end up being corner one. He's got a chance. He is, yeah, yeah. He is like technically sound. Like he he could be a little overly physical, but man, he's he's got the length. His footwork's mm-hmm. awesome. He plays this mean, feisty press man coverage. Um, he's gotten better each week. Apparently, yeah. he's going to test really well. I think he's like a five star. Uh, it's just crazy that like Kool Aid entered the year, and like Kool Aid has done nothing to hurt his stock mm-hmm. this year either. It's just like Tyrion Arnold's been that good. He's just kind of sh- stolen the show. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. No, I agree with you. If I only had, could give it to one guy, Arnold would have been my pick. Um, no, he was awesome. Um, obviously, big, big win there. No. Arnold, yeah, like every week he just keeps getting better and better. I, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, I, I I think there's a good chance he's drafted before Kool Aid now, and that that you, I would have I would not have believed you if you told me that week one. You know, I'm gonna stick in the secondary. I thought I thought another guy if it was just gonna be one. How about Mike Sainer still? Another guy who just keeps playing better yeah. and better. Uh, was like I said last week, kind of the heart and soul of that Michigan defense. Um, I mean, it was Iowa, and that, that offense doesn't do much, but. Uh, he was a difference maker. Had that had that that um, strip sack on uh, on Deacon Hill, the best quarterback in the country. Uh, also had that just great like that low form uh, tackle to force that fumble. Uh, the only time Iowa kind of got anything going on offense, um, and then also had that like almost interception. Just kind of broke on it. Great. I think he broke on it so well. Hill like threw it late, and it kind of fucked him up. <laughs> or else it could have been a pick six. Um, Sainer still seems like he's gonna be one of the top nickel prospects and. I think, I don't know, it seems like the the broadcast type is getting a little rich. I feel like Joel Klatt said first round in the last two broadcasts, and I don't know about that, but I think Sanders still has played himself in the top 100, and he's been very, very good this year. Um, I'm going to the offensive side of the ball, and you talked about the Texas pass catchers. Quinn Ewers had a fantastic game yeah, outside of that bad interception. Just, <laughs> he's good for one a game, kind of right? just didn't seem to see the linebacker. Uh, outside of that, though, like, this was... The perfect when you were his game, airing it out, showing off the arm talent, um, get, like staying on time so that like mm-hmm. he's not like just breaking down and forcing things and hoping his arm pulls it off. Yeah, uh, and trusting it, his it, guys, and he, it sounds like he's going back to school too, yeah. which I think is huge because one's QB class is so deep, and two, he hasn't shown quite enough. And like this is just such a great game to build on. I'm super excited to see. Uh, what he looks like against Washington. Him him versus Penix is going to be really fun in the playoff game. I put him for uh, made me look stupid. I wasn't sure who to put there. And I just, I didn't anticipate him looking this good in this game. You know what I mean? Like like you said, just staying on time and getting the ball out and trusting his receivers and not forcing anything and not, outside of that one head scratcher, like you mentioned, it was just so, so damn good. And 452 yards through the air, good. Uh, I thought this was the best game I've seen him play, period, in his time at Texas. And, Look, lots of talk about him going back, but if he turns this into another one against Washington and then another one in the national cha- I don't know, Alabama. against Alabama, <laughs> against Terron Arnold and Kool-Aid, hopefully. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe that... Like he, I, think, I think the door's still wide open. And I, I think either decision he makes uh, will be a wise one. That's all I'm trying to say. Wow. Yeah, Just wow. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um... Where do, I, where do I want to go next, Rob? I'm going to go back to the Pac-12. I thought, 
wasn't like a huge flashy game, but I thought Braylon Trice was constantly uh, in the in the business of Bo Nix and company. Um, kind of left him unblocked on that one, and he lined up offside one time. But just I thought he was really productive, and it's kind of been what he's been doing most of the like down the stretch for Washington, where not stuffing the stat box, but like affecting the game in quite a way. Did have that one TFL where he kind of hit it on the twist on the on Knicks. It was on a, on on the third down, batted a ball. I think Trace has just been very good and um, just keeps helping go, himself. He's gonna go in the second round and be just a very good player for a long time. Yeah, I think so too. I agree with you. I'm gonna go to his teammates like Roma Duns uh, uh, layup like whatever he's awesome mm-hmm. we knew that but what a way for Jalen McMillan yeah like, man to come back and show he still got the stuff after having such a a banged up kind of on and off season and just being such a weapon out of the slot for for them they schemed him a lot of touches ends up with a buck thirty one uh, on nine grabs you you get to see the route running ability you got mm-hmm. to see what he can do after the catch it just looked like a ready-made nfl slot receiver yeah i my my prospect prospect matchup was the oregon secondary versus the washington receivers and yeah mcmillan was so much fun. i was just so happy to see him back playing like that after he kind of <clears throat> i don't want to say he got forgotten about but almost a little bit with obviously struggling through the injuries and you know coming back the last two weeks and kind of taking him a little bit and then he just exploded this game and um you know, the route running was awesome. Had, could have been bigger, too. Remember that sweet route where Penix just kind of missed him deep, too? Yeah. And, um, no, it was just wide open. was wide open. Uh, no, that nice grab on the deep crosser. Um, then I iced the game with a third down conversion, too. Like, I just thought, really impressive performance. He kind of hit the nail on the head there. I, I was super happy just to see that from McMillan. Um, and I got one more. It's Kamani Vidal. That was my big one. Yeah, man. He was such a dog. <laughs> Every time you looked up at the Sunbelt Champion touchdown. game, it was a touchdown. <laughs> the contact balance, the physical. Like he's, to me, he's, he's a prospect who more people will dig in, and yeah. the boost is coming because yeah. he's such a physical, violent runner. Um, and he like never stops driving his legs. Amen. Yeah, no, the boost is going to come. I totally agree with you. It's... Open, like we keep saying in the running back class, and he, that's a guy that's in the mix. Uh, I have a couple more names. I don't know if I need it. The, the, I kind of hit the big ones. Um, quickly, how about Terrence Ferguson with that sick one headed catch and then that clutch fourth down sliding touchdown, too? And only four catches total, but kind of like love to see that. Um, <clears throat> I know Jermaine Burden also two catches, but that one touchdown was just nasty. The route, the shake, the, the to finish that catch off was awesome. A um, couple Michigan defenders, Rob. I feel like Jalen Harrell's really coming on down the stretch, and he's he's in that mix. You know, he's he's kind of elevated himself a bit. Multiple hits on Hill. Uh, had that really nice dip and rip sack. Um, and also Junior Colson, who uh, I don't know where his stock is at this point anymore, but has been very consistent this year, and uh, I thought just a really, game, a really good game in this one. And I'll save us time. I won't, I won't hit any more guys. Let's move on. Uh, sliding down the board. I'm going to start with Amarius Mims simply because yeah, he's played so few games, and then he got hurt this year, and then came back and he was looking, he was looking good, and then he got yeah. hurt again against Alabama, and it's not like not he plays really well when he's on the field, but I do wonder if there will be lingering questions about how healthy can he be on top of the fact that he just hasn't played very much. No, I put him here as well, and I agreed. I thought he looked good last week, but um, it doesn't help him either that this class is so damn good, you know, like in. When you're stacking him against, um, you know, guys who haven't missed time that put together a full uh, hell of a, a year at the tackle position, yeah, I think that's just kind of like not his fault, but he's sliding down. I agree with you. 
Um, similar idea, but a little bit no injury and a little bit more uh, sometimes inconsistent play. I'm going to go with Keon Coleman, who uh, had some struggles, obviously, with his third-string quarterback this week. But it just feels like the other receivers, you know, Odunze, we've talked about, he's been unreal. Malik Neighbors has been unreal. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr.'s Marvin Harrison Jr. Even these other guys, like we talked about, Brian Thomas and, and company like that, and uh, Adonai Mitchell, just feels like they, not not that they're really in threat to him, but it's just, he, he hasn't been as consistently good, you know, had that, had that really bad drop down the seam. Um, also had a, like a really tough catch on the deep corner, kind of tracked it well, but bobbled in, just couldn't stay in. Um, don't, don't think he ever really brought it in fully to the ground either, out of bounds. So yeah, I don't know, just... It feels like he was like, yeah, he's wide receiver two. And it's like, okay, he should probably be three. And now it's like he's firmly wide receiver four. Huh? Yeah, I, I had him here. He was my yeah. like second. If, mm-hmm. First for on-field yeah. play on top of what I was hoping to see. And I know they couldn't throw the football, but like yeah. still. Two big drops. And I know it didn't make a difference. I mean, hey, if he caught those and scored, maybe they'd be in the playoffs right now. So Yeah, and Brock Lem would be like the the next great floor quarterback. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a good one. We and we talked about that like at least once before about yep. how it was like Boston oh, College game when they guy. struggled. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go with another receiver who who kind of struggled. Troy Franklin mm-hmm. against Washington. Washington a really good job, kind of shutting him down. And he is a guy who is super twitchy, really long and lean. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that he's a first-round receiver. I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up there. But I think he's like that, like, got – I think I mentioned this before. Kind of Christian Watson-y where he, yeah. he can be such a big, explosive, complimentary wide receiver two to a guy. Um, and I thought this was a kind of showing how you can struggle when you just kind of press yeah. him. And Agreed. And struggle to win there. And I put him here as well. And I also, I also put his teammate Bucky Irving. Just felt like he wasn't a huge factor for this for this Ducks offense. Go ahead. It felt like a lot of the the big name Ducks didn't. Yeah, like Bra- I put Brandon Dorless here too. He had his moments, Dorless. I, but he's like, but yeah. so there's first round buzz for him yeah. earlier this year, and it, just like in Jordan Birch, who I put for made me look stupid. Got banged up in this one too. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Like, Dorless had, like, the, the... Yeah, you're right. He didn't do enough. Like, he, he had that almost strip sack, but... And I think he, like, had a pressure early on Penix, but no, he he didn't do... I thought from that early pressure, I'm like, okay, he's going to he's gonna be all over it, but you're right, he didn't do enough. I think that's fair. Um, no, uh, yeah, Irving didn't step up. Even, like, I, I didn't put Nix anywhere, but, like, he he got it I going a bit, but... Okay, it. okay, please, go ahead. I mean, not now, but save it. Who you got next? Um, Carson Beck. Yeah, I put Beck, too. I just gotta... Every time I watch him, I'm just like... Is he is he more than Davis Mills? Kind of like... He <laughs> operates well with the talent around him, but like they... Yeah. Lad McConkey, Brock Bowers banged up. They kind of took him away when they were on yeah. the field. And like, he's not elevating Georgia, per se. Like, I don't know. Like, he looks the part when everything's... I don't know. I, I, he, he very much feels like he's going back to school, though, which yes. I think is a good thing. And... And I, I just, yeah, I don't know. No, I totally agree with you. And I think this was the game. Well, he's going back to school, like like you said, it looks like. Uh, so I, I think it's not too much to discuss. But when people had him, like, top 50 type of prospect, I thought that was a little rich. And I think this was the game that kind of highlighted that when, you know, Bowers wasn't healthy, McConkey wasn't healthy. He Like you said, he didn't elevate, right? Um, 
No, I think that's a good one. I put him here. Uh, to give you another quarterback, I just thought Michael Pratt was meh. You know, yeah, I put him here too. Uh, the touchdown was nice, the play action, but it was kind of wide open, but sold it well. But other than that's that, I thought just two just weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, just maybe, didn't maybe. Good. Maybe he transfers to Houston. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, do you have any more guys? I got two more guys. Uh, I have two group of five running backs, so go ahead. I got I got a group of five running back and a power five running back, so that's funny. Group of five, I think we're going to hit it. George Holani. Perfect, no? because I have two different group of five running That's backs. hilarious. Okay, George Holani, you know, we had uh, we haven't talked about him this year, but, you know, there was like Ashton top Gentry five. Too good. Ashton Gentry is too good, absolutely. But there was some like top five running, senior running back or top senior running back talk in the summer. I was never there. And I think this game kind of illustrated what he is. You know, 20 carries, 76 yards. He can get the tough yards. He's a you know hard-nosed runner. But then also, you know, we had that wide open on a deep um, wheel route, and he just dropped it, and it's a brutal drop. Just don't think he's an elevating guy. He's a bit of a jag to me. Um, that's a little <laughs> a little harsh on him. But, no, I think that, I think he kind of showed it in the backfield where Genty is so damn good. And hold on, he's like, yeah, he's a good back. But um, I don't know. Who's your, who's, uh, I, I want to hear. Oh, I, I think I know one, but go on, yeah. First, I'll start with Nate Noel. Yeah. Who just like, I don't know. I feel like he just got the App State running back boost. Yeah. And there was like a lot of buzz for him, and he really struggled down the stretch for them. Just doesn't break a lot of tackles. And then Penny Boone, the Toledo yeah. running back, who's the MAC offensive player of the year, just couldn't break away against Miami, Ohio, whose defense was phenomenal in this game. Um, he's interesting because he's 240 pounds. He's a Maryland transfer. <laughs> yeah. He ran wild. I, I, he's got a year of eligibility left, so we'll see. But um, maybe he follows Finn. Ohio State to the Buckeyes, baby. Next chip train him. Um, <laughs> I'm going with a power five back. My last one here. Um, not that he was awful, but the last few weeks, Jawar Jordan just hasn't been as explosive. I thought um, hasn't yeah. done enough for those Louisville in the in two losses that you know. We're in their hands and ripe for the picking. Uh, just hasn't done enough to kind of you know. Plummer struggled. Um, but he hasn't done enough to kind of step up, and he, he's had a great season. So I just, it's not so much that he's sliding huge, it's just he, he didn't capitalize type of thing. That's a good one. Uh, anyone else? No, we can move on. All right. I, I don't know where. I got two G5s. <laughs> Respect. I got two P5s, baby. Just Taylor Green kind of yeah. showing everything he's got in the toolbox, if it can come together. He... Had a 70-yard touchdown run against UNLV. So much fun, yeah. Had another one on the ground for 226, two more scores. He's in the portal now. Um, welcome to Columbus. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you know where I think would be fun? Where? Since it doesn't sound like DJU is going to Michigan State, how about Taylor Green? They got uh, Childs, though. Oh, I forgot they got Childs. Yeah, shit. That one makes sense. Uh, Taylor Green's from Texas, though. Taylor Green's like the big Childs, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Willie Fritz get his hands on Oh, that's going to be an uh, interesting transfer. Yeah, yes, big, athletic, had a way worse year this season than anyone was expecting. Yeah. Uh, but caps it off with this type of performance. Um, has all the physical tools, has the size. So I just thought this was like a good reminder of what he could be. It's, I uh, think it, that transfer is so, going to be like either we're talking about him this time next year or we haven't talked about him all season type of transfer. Yeah. It's going to be big. And then uh, SMU safety Jonathan McGill Stanford transfer, who I liked over the summer. Yeah, yep. Uh, I thought he just looked like kind of like the alpha in the SMU secondary against Pratt and Tulane. Uh, had two big pass breakups. 
Um, was maybe in coverage on the last play that the tight end dropped, but uh, that's okay. It didn't count. So, um, but I, I just, I just thought like, man, his instincts. He's a smart football player. He can make it as a safety in the NFL because she's gonna be smart to do that. Yeah, two best schools in the country. Amen. Um, I'm going with a DB and a running back. DB first. How about Trey Amos stepping in for Kool Aid going down? Uh, Louisiana transfer. Um, they just kept going after him, Beck and company, and he just kept making plays. Two PBUs. Uh, felt like he was just in sticky coverage multiple times. He's a senior. Uh, that's an interesting name. Uh, kind of watch. Just, we haven't heard. I haven't heard anything on Kool Aid. It didn't look too serious, but um, yeah, interesting to see if he can play in their uh, their next two games down the stretch. <laughs> and also speaking of the playoffs, I'm going to go with Keelan Robinson. Who you talked about the the young Texas backs. He's a fifth-year senior, and this was kind of like he, he's been pretty quiet this year. But an explosive game. Had two touchdowns, 75 yards on four carries, two grabs for 20 yards. Had that really nice one where he just tight roped the sideline for like 10, 15 yards and just showed his explosiveness explosiveness off. And, yeah, he's going to get another game for sure. Um, you know, has had a quiet year, like I said, but it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, he, he was a guy who I, I had high hopes for. I yeah. was transfer. I, yep. I liked that kind of one cut explosive style um, hasn't seized on it, but it looked good. Yeah, uh, prospects made me look stupid. Jordan Birch uh, mainly just because of what I thought when he transferred to Oregon was that he could end up a first round pick. Yeah, just the five star athleticism, the flashes at South Carolina, and then getting to to Oregon playing for Dan Lanning. Um, pairing up Brandon Dorless, I just had such high hopes, and like there were moments, but yeah. like he's a day three guy, probably. Yeah, I, I don't think he's been bad. No, he just hasn't lived up to my personal expectations. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And was banged up this week too. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. I put Quinn Ewers. We already talked about Ewers here. I, I just didn't have a good one. So I just wanted to talk Ewers. Stock him. Oh, we talked about Ewers a lot. He was like, hey, okay. I mean, he thought it was his best game. Um, Go on. I do think, yeah, assuming he's going into the 2025 NFL draft, like, yeah. there's going to be a lot of buzz next year for him. Definitely. Him and Carson Beck. Um, prospect versus prospect matchup. I just went with the Alabama trenches versus the Georgia trenches, both sides. It's a good pick. Like, watching J.C. Latham go to work. I was like, I thought Nas Stackhouse, like, he doesn't have a ton of passers, but, like, it's- he, Stackhouse has been pretty good. Yeah, like, he is good at what he is supposed to be good at. He's not. He's not Jordan Davis. He's he, he's he's not Jalen Carter. But man, he 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 can really hank, hunker down and, and stop their own. Stackhouse has been like that guy where like he just missed the cut for me talking about him a couple times this season. Yeah, it's been consistently solid and like yeah, that's a lot. The Georgia front hasn't been dominant at any point, you know, really. And I think he's been the most consistent amongst them. Um. Go. Who else you got? I, I thought Tate Rattledge was really damn good. Oh yeah, he he was he uh he's what was it the was it I forget who scored but he made the key block on it. Was it was it Milton? I can't remember either. Yeah yeah yeah. <clears throat> um, he's he's and you've ta- I think you talked about him a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He's quietly had a quite a good season. Um, and and like I thought Mims looked great till he got hurt. Yeah. No, yeah, and like I said earlier, I had a really good. I thought he looked really good last week. You know who I wanted to mention? Uh, um, Alabama's center, uh, Seth McLaughlin. Like mm-hmm. that guy s- screams like 
day late day three, but sticks around in the NFL. He was there's one rep in pass pro where he's taking on two Georgia defenders at once. It was sick. Um, he's got the uh, the makeup of oh, I can't think of the Alabama, former Alabama center starts for uh, the Panthers. Oh, Bozeman. Yes, Bradley Bozeman. That's I was just getting big Bozeman vibes. That's a good one. Remember, I liked him in the summer, and I thought he's kind of. Uh, uh, he had a couple bad games, I think, to the start of the season. He's kind of been up and down, but yeah, as a unit, that offensive line has just really come together. Latham's been the rock, but I think the rest of the group has kind of come together. Mm-hmm. He's going to be big in the playoffs, I think, because Michigan's interior is great. Bama's interior—that's a big one to watch. That's a good one. He could rise, I think, with a good game. Uh, anyone else you wanted to highlight? Uh, no, that's it from there. And I'm going to do. I think the other big matchup with that, that Ducks secondary against the Washington receivers. We've talked. Uh, we've talked to you know already McMillan, who I thought was the highlight. Robo Dunze, another fantastic game. You know, like just the best player on that offense. Uh, had that third down conversion in the first series where he just opened underneath. Drew multiple pass interferences. <laughs> um, the one in the red zone, which was on Manning, who I thought um, I thought Manning played a pretty strong game overall. Dante Manning, the Oregon uh, corner. I played a pretty strong game outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to highlight him. Um, had that just like awesome first down catch where he was like just right at the sticks midair, like just out physically in the, the DB. I forget who was there, but just strong, explosive. Like, uh, had that awesome corner route where it was just, like, too easy. Just give Penix an easy target. And I think the big play was kind of that crosser. Uh, it was just a great throw from Penix it was, though. But, like, another big play. Yeah, Onduzi is just, just really good. And it was just another... It wasn't, like, anything, like, super over-the-top amazing, but really consistently good. Um, I want to say Manning was solid. I thought Evan Williams had his struggles. And that's a guy yeah, that's coverage. been kind of... up. Yeah, in coverage. That's a guy that has had his moments and has struggled in moments uh, kind of all season. Uh, interesting guy, though. Uh, you know, a big fan. And going to a last guy, maybe mention him in transfer. Uh, I wanted to talk Kyrie Jackson, the, the corner, who thought had a really solid game. Uh, three tackles and a pick. Um, dropped that, like, tough could-have-been interception on that broken play early. Could have been huge for them. But then, you know, got his pick later where Penix just kind of aired it over uh, Udunze for the easy interception. Also, like, a really nice um, just job in coverage on a third down. I think it was in the first drive against Udunze. I thought he looked pretty solid. Was a, was a good highlight. Good matchup highlight into the week, and I think it kind of lived up. Where um, Odunze is just too damn good, but I thought Jackson had his moments. Yeah, he he looked really good the week before too in the yeah was it the Civil War. Yeah, um, he's super long, super fluid for a long guy. Interesting. Yeah. Um, outplayed the box score. I'm going off the beaten path. I'm going with Lawrence Toafili, the Florida State <laughs> running back. It's a good Ooh. one. He ran for 118 yards and 10 on 10 carries and score, but like his what he was doing in the Wildcat was really the difference yeah. in the Seminoles' offense. And like Trey Benson was getting bottled up, and and his he had the big like run down the sideline that yeah juiced his stats up a little bit. But like he was basically their quarterback. And if they just started in their quarterback, they'd be in the playoff. Tofili's a guy where like. You know, I'll watch him for five plays, and it's like, oh, I really like Toofili. Then he'll fumble or just, like, make a mistake or something. And it's like, he never seems to, like, he's always been solid, but never has, like, really captured it all. But, no, I definitely, I thought he was a big dog this week. That's a really good pick. Um, that's a good one. I went with uh, Washington corner Jabbar Muhammad, who I thought was one of the best players out there, mm-hmm. who didn't have a tackle, only one PBU, but I thought he just smothered guys. Yeah. So, yeah. One of the positions where, you know, no stats are, is a good stat sometimes. Um, early, I think it was, we're just like, 
that might have been the first series for Knicks where Knicks was kind of scrambling and Muhammad just had really nice recognition to uh, on, on the routes. I think everything was just on one side of the field. One side of the field is an intentional rollout or something. Communicate with the other corners or and linebackers and put them in the right spot. And it was just a third down stop where he just kind of stopped it. Um, just sticky coverage, and they had that really nice PPU on the third down slant. I think we tweeted that one out. Where just patient, really, really patient. The feet perfect, mirrored it, awesome. And then nice play to finish getting his hand in. Um, did get called on a pass interference, but it was an awful, 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 awful call where he played Franklin on the sluggo perfectly, yeah, twenty yards over his head, and like kind of like did the old like uh, I don't know I don't know how much soccer you watch Rob, but when the ball's going out of bounds, you kind of just slow the striker down with your back, that type of move, which is clean, and they threw the flag and sucked. But Muhammad was awesome. I thought he just looked so good, and that's a dude that's been rising and rising and rising. Yeah, I had him for transfer pop on the scene, and we've talked about him a couple times, and. I think if you made a like all transfer team or whatever, yeah, corner one, be your starting corner. Yeah, you know what? You know what's awesome? We get to see him against Mitchell and and Worthy in a couple of weeks. That's that's gonna yeah, be a that ton of fun. Um, prospect who's being overhyped? I just put the combo Bonix and Michael Penix, especially with them being a Heisman <laughs> finalist. I was going I to, and then I'm like, we got no one's. You know, we do it all every week. But yeah, please go. And just like I didn't think either was particularly breathtaking in the Pac-12 championship. No. And I didn't come away thinking, oh, that guy's got to go top 100. That's a future starting quarterback. Um, I don't know. I I agree with you. I like. I thought Nick's... Is, Pokes up, uh, Poke. Uh, that's who I have. <laughs> Spoilers. I thought Penix stepped up. You know, he had his moments. That throw to Odunze on the crosser was, was a great throw. He had his moments, but... There's never been a point this year where, like, a, there's been a lot of points where, like, that's a great college football quarterback. That's a great college football story. Mm-hmm. There's never been a point where I'm like, this is a first-round guy, you know? And Nick's, similarly, you know, it's a great college football quarterback, and he had his moments where he stepped up, and it, he did a lot with his legs, and, you know, that that, that rip to, to uh, Ferguson in the end zone was a hell of a throw, and but I don't know. I agree with you. It, they're overhyped, and I think that's a good way to put it. Not saying they're bad players or bad prospects. They're just overhyped. Yeah, I, I, and I feel like the Heisman thing's going to be a little bit, like, to me, they should finish third and fourth in the Heisman. I don't care. Put them whichever one you want there. Um, and, like, if there's any chance either of them win it, that seems, like, so insane to me. Yeah, it seems like... I don't know. It seems like Penix has a chance, the way I've seen people talking. That's but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But also, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, Gonna be interesting if they both. Uh, I'm assuming they're both gonna be at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun. Really interesting. That's it's such a fun quarterback, a high profile quarterback class at the Senior Bowl, I, and like, yeah. I just love the Spencer Rattler there too. <laughs> I just love the pair of them because like they're you know they both obviously transferred in and uh, they both had highs at their last programs kind of for Knicks. Um, but you know I just love the parallels between them because in the summer I was kind of. I had, had issues separating them. I thought they are very similar. It ranges to me. I think they put Nick slightly ahead. But, you know, then they've gone down the stretch. They duked it out twice. You know, it's just very fun. I think having them both on the senior bowl, hopefully on the same team, they probably split them up. But just be a lot of fun because I feel like they've just kind of been, you know, together this whole process. I think that's cool. I'm going with Penix's teammate, Jalen Polk. We, I kind of talked about this off show with you. Still seeing him in the first round. and That's just too rich for me. I I don't know. I, I think, I think I still like McMillan more. I'm not, I'm not really gonna pound the table, but 
Odunze's the dude. McMillan's uh, kind of, you know, I just love him. Um, had that one awesome grab where that was like kind of back shoulder one-handed. That was sick. But he hasn't been very consistent the last few weeks. And I don't know. I just don't see around one guy. No, especially with this receiver class being what yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just too many. There's like eight receivers in this class who five I'm certain are going first round and three others you might. Exactly. Like, you know, it's just it's like the same with this tackle class. It's tackles and receivers. If you don't know what to do during this draft, just draft a tackle or a receiver. Yeah. I, pretty much and then day two is like whatever corners are still there. And you're good. Yeah. You're building a team. It's perfect. Um where are we in the in the process here? We're at uh, pop, transfer of the transfer. week. Yeah. Well, uh, how about Bonix's uh, brother, Tez Johnson, yeah. who I thought was like the only guy on the Ducks generating consistent offense. Mm-hmm. He's had a really good year for the Ducks, transferring from Troy. Um, not a guy we've really talked about, uh, but just like kind of a jittery bug receiver, really small, like t- smaller than Tank Dell. And had it over a thousand yards for the Ducks, and like just get the ball in his hands, and he was making things happen. He did it in the Civil War as well, and yeah, um, a guy who could be at the Shrine Bowl. I just love every time they get in the ball. He's so much fun to watch with the ball in his hands. No, that's a great one. I I went with Salter, but I'll give you another Duck who we haven't talked about much this year because he's missed a lot of the season with an injury. Uh, but in the summer, I think we're kind of eyeballing uh, Justin Jacobs, the Iowa transfer mm-hmm. into Oregon. Who, again, missed a lot of the season with injury, but I thought looked pretty good in this game. I know Dylan Jones kind of roll over but at times, but was making a lot of plays. Had a couple really nice tackles on the edges um, against um, some of the receivers and stuff. Yeah, I just, just I, I don't think he's going to come out after, you know, missing a lot of the year, but that's a guy to think watch next year for the Ducks. Yeah, agreed. Finally, small school guy who got your eye. I got one on offensive defense. Uh, my offensive one is Liberty receiver Steve yeah. Daniels, who... Every time I watch Liberty, he's just making plays he's ridiculous so good. body control. Um, I th- he hasn't uh, at least another year of eligibility, so I don't know that mm-hmm. he'd come out. But like, he has NFL talent. I he's seven catches, a buck fifty-seven, and a touchdown. I put him as well. Six-two, two hundred. I think every one of the DB for the yeah. touchdown was sick. I think every one of those catches was like some sort of highlight. Like <laughs> he was awesome. He definitely was. I, I got offense and a defense too. Uh, same team though. I was, who's your who's your defensive guy? Uh, Matt Sal- Salapek, the Miami of Ohio linebacker, who like, kind of like led. He was the MAC defensive player of the year. Had nine tackles in TFL against Toledo and led the charge in shutting down the run game and, and serving. It's a good the one. It's a really good the entry. It's a really good one. I thought I thought Daniels was great. I also thought his teammate, uh, not not as great, but Kobe Singleton, the corner, making, making a lot of plays on the ball. Like what I was seeing from him. But yeah, Daniels is a dude at that size. The those type of playmaking abilities. Um, that's a guy that I think a lot of people are going to... If, if he comes out, I think a lot of people are going to fall for. And uh, next show, we'll be breaking down the Army-Navy prospects who shined. 